Thank you for tuning in. And welcome to the fifth episode of the 2021 End of Summer Podcast Series, a series where I'm taking a fresh look at the seven most downloaded podcast episodes over the past year, and a series of topics that ties into a greater overall theme of issues and opportunities I continue to see express themselves in leadership teams throughout the industry and across the country, and in both smaller and larger firms. And today we have episode 37 with Brian McCartney, Chief Creative Strategist at Arcmark, on effective marketing and branding for busy firms and leaders. And again, this episode will follow this fresh introduction in its entirety. As I re-listened, I re-realized that this episode is marketing and branding gold if we want to truly differentiate ourselves and stand out in both the marketplace and the recruiting space, whether we're new to marketing and branding or whether we've been at it for a while. And as I processed our conversation, five key points really stood out. Number one, let's remove the confusion. We so often confuse and conflate marketing, branding, advertising, public relations, business development, and sales. These are all very different, but related. And I really like the way Brian broke these down and walked us through them all in the context of the types of conversations we want to have with different people in different settings, with different media, and on different platforms, and when. Number two, it's our choice to be relevant. There has been an historic bias against marketing and advertising in our industry, which we discuss, but it's been a long time since 1972. Choosing not to market and brand today is choosing to be less relevant and more vulnerable to greater and more widespread competition, and to changing client landscapes. And it's choice to limit our prospects for future growth, particularly in new market sectors and geographies. Number three, don't just say it, demonstrate it. Content marketing and thought leadership is powerful, but it's not about what we say. It's about the expertise, experience, and know-how we are able to demonstrate how we can specifically solve our ideal prospects' problems and eliminate or ease their pain points. And even better, when we can do it in such a way that helps shape their opinions in the directions of how we think forward. Number four, effective marketing and branding is a long game with wins along the way. Establishing and maintaining an attractive and authentic brand that draws our ideal prospects to us takes time, attention, and a commitment to consistently deliver the right content to the right people over time, as well as a clear mission, strategy, goals, and metrics. Metrics we can use to chart our progress and results. And number five, marketing makes us both better and smarter. Having tools and knowledgeable partners to help us makes a lot of sense and can help us advance further, faster, and stay on track. However, until we have clarity of message and know exactly what expertise, experience, know-how, and value needs to be provided and how best to guide our prospects to victory, it's essential that key principals and internal experts make real time to be involved with the marketing. If not, the content just won't be as valuable or on point, and it's more likely to be undifferentiated and just add to the noise that ultimately erodes our positioning. I've seen this firsthand both ways. And when done well, 
learning how to market better as a principal or senior manager makes us better. And it also makes us smarter, knowing more specifically who we're serving and why, and what our greatest internal and external value proposition is. So in looking to wrap up this new introduction, competition today is not just local. And most relationships, no matter how long we've had them, are not likely stronger than someone's need for an expert. If you are an expert surviving mostly on repeat client business and word of mouth, what Brian shares can begin to position you for greater long-term success now. And if we want to be positioned as an expert, he also shows us the formula of how to get and stay ahead, both digitally and face-to-face. -face. So without any further delay, here's episode 37 with Brian McCartney. Thank you for tuning in. Whether we are looking to grow or to maintain our position as a go-to firm, effective marketing and branding is essential. And that's even more of the case today with both the pandemic and the fundamental changes being made to how we find and execute our work. What is effective marketing and branding in our industry? And how is it changing? We have greater competition, and not only is it getting harder to differentiate, it's nearly impossible to do so without a strategy and a series of defined actions. Our guest today on the podcast is Brian McCartney, Chief Creative Strategist at ArcMark. And in this episode, we talk 101 marketing and branding basics, and we also dig into several specific strategies and tactics we can begin to invest in today to get us to where we want and need to be in order to succeed in the marketplace with the type of work and the types of clients we want. So without any further delay, let's do it. Welcome to AEC Leadership Today, the podcast designed exclusively for engineering, architecture, and construction industry leaders who want to stay relevant and effective. The show takes on the most pressing issues facing the AEC industry and was created to help you and your firm grow and prosper in the 21st century. The host of AEC Leadership Today is Pete Atherton, a professional engineer and former AEC principal and owner turned AEC coach and consultant. And now, take a break from your never-ending to-do list and welcome Peter Atherton. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another great episode of AEC Leadership Today. Today, we'll be speaking with Brian McCartney, Chief Creative Strategist at ArcMark, and we'll be talking about marketing and branding in AEC. Welcome to the podcast, Brian. Thank you, Pete. So great, great to be here. Um, I really appreciate you having me on your show today. Well, it's great to have you, and there's so much I want to be able to cover today, but can we begin by learning a little bit about you, your career, and what you do today to serve the AEC industry? Yeah, um, so my background is not in uh, the architecture world, um, although I did grow up around the uh, the construction and building uh, worlds uh, as a kid. My grandfather was uh, like a, I don't even know how, he was like a construction supervisor on very large scale jobs like hydroelectric dams and things like that. My mom was involved in construction. She worked for a local construction firm in my hometown. Um, but I, I went a different route. I, uh, uh, I went into graphic design and um, started my career in Chicago. 
Uh, I worked both in the agency and corporate side. Uh, I ended up working for about midway through my, not midway, but maybe about 10 years into my career, I went to work for Unilever, which if you don't know Unilever, Unilever is, was known as the house of brands. They, they have thousands of different brands under their umbrella. Uh, I went to work with them to help them with their uh, online branding. So this was the late 90s. And um, uh, from there, I actually moved to Switzerland. Uh, I got uh, got an opportunity to work for a very large agency in Switzerland. They were one. They were the largest uh, advertising group uh, in Switzerland uh, when I went there. And um, uh, my main client was uh, General Motors uh, when I worked uh, worked for them. And then uh, from there, I actually started my own firm. So uh, while I was still in Switzerland, I, I I took the plunge. I started my own business, and. Uh, that's where uh, kind of the the initial interest in construction and, and, and building kind of came back where I started working with uh, industrial uh, engineering and manufacturing firms. Um, just to keep this short, uh, I ended up coming back to the U.S. in 2012 and then uh, start again. We start my my wife and I started a new agency here in Florida. We're in Estero, Florida. And. Um, about three year, three or four years ago, I think. I think it's more like four or five, actually. But uh, that's when I started. Uh, I, I worked with. We we had been working in the construction industry. We'd worked for a con couple of construction firms, and we got a uh, a referral to an architect who wanted to rebrand and redesign his website and stuff like that. And uh, really found that experience of working with the architect um, very satisfying. Um, very synergistic in, in how we both thought about things and, and our approach to our own businesses. And that really led me to, led us to kind of investigate that realm more. And we've really thrown ourselves into kind of the niche uh, uh, for the last several years. Um, and I've just been working very hard to try to help architects and now engineers and construction firms as well. Uh, to really uh, help them to improve their understanding of branding and marketing. Um, one of our big goals is that uh, by the year 2030, we want to help 100,000 architects uh, better understand uh, what marketing and branding and marketing are and, and how to use them in their firms effectively. Well, thank you for that um, background. And that, well, that gets into my first question that I wanted to ask you because um, it gets into basic understanding and and then more advanced understanding of what marketing and branding is. So I would like to start off um, with big picture and um, with, with maybe some definitions, if we could, Yeah. how, how do you define marketing and branding, but in the same context, how does it differ from or relate to advertising? You've been in the advertising industry and then yeah. also say public relations and, and business development and sales. And so I say that because so many of us so often confuse and conflate them, marketing, branding, business development, sales, PR, advertising. So could you break that down for us? Yeah, absolutely. So let's think in terms of conversations, right? Who are you trying to converse with? So if you're doing advertising, the, the, you're, you're trying to have a conversation with a broad audience. So imagine you're standing there with a megaphone and you're trying to like, 
you're trying to get as many people as possible to hear your message, right? And so you might be standing there with that megaphone, and obviously this is just an illustration, but uh, you might be standing there saying, hey, I'm a great architect, right? And and you're just trying to get all these masses of people to just hear that message. And then, you know, maybe one out of a thousand people is going to be like, oh, yeah, I need an architect, right? Um, so we don't we don't see advertising as a, a really a great way for architects to get their message out there. Um, and we can talk about that through our discussion, maybe a little bit if it, I, I think there's uh, opportunity. But um, so advertising is like a conversation with anybody. PR is uh, more of a conversation that an influencer, let's say a writer or an editor or um, a blogger, might have with their audience about you. So it's more like a referral. Like they're 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 saying, oh, this guy is a great architect or or engineer right however it may work out right marketing is more more focused on those conversations that you're having directly with the people who actually might be interested in hiring an architect right so if you if you imagine that you've got the megaphone guy who's saying i'm a great architect you have the pr guy who's saying here's a great architect and then you have the marketing person or you have the marketing situation where you are talking to somebody and 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 you're kind of just having this in, more intimate conversation about what a great architect you are. Now, branding is kind of like, I see branding as an umbrella, right? And this is where the conversation is actually started by your ideal client because they have heard about you and understand that you're a great architect. So they're coming to you and saying, I understand you're a great architect, right? They're already coming to you because they know they need you or they might think they need you. It's really much more about expanding that reputation and really using that as a way to attract the right people to your firm. So by having you know, a brand out there, my, my brand helps self-select people yeah, who it, I want to have a conversation with. Yeah, I think you can look at it like that, like that, you know, the, the, the reality is, is that you may still get the people who are like, you know, uh, I just needed, you know, I just need some drawings or whatever, who, who may think that. But the, the idea is that if your brand is strong, then it's going to bring the right people to you. It's going to bring more of the right people to you. Um, and that's not just in terms of clients, but it could also be in terms of partnerships or in terms of people that you might want to hire. Now, you mentioned business development and I think sales, right? And and so I and and people might bristle at this a little bit, but I think a business development is a term that was introduced to kind of convince uh, AEC professionals that they don't really need marketing. Um, that, uh, if you just focus on business development, then, you know, you don't need to attract people to your firm because, uh, there's this whole thing in AEC that, you know, reputations and re rep relationships are going to, are going to bring you those referrals that you need. And that's going to be, be able to help you create a sustainable business. And that's, we just know that that's, that, it, that, that's kind of wavering these days. And again, that might be something we can get into more, but if we talk about the differences between sales and um, 
uh, marketing. Marketing is more about those initial phases of starting conversations with the right people. Uh, sales is more about the conversations that you're having with people who you know are the right people, right? So I look at it as, you know, two things that have to happen to really build a sustainable pipeline of, of business. Um, and they're just, but they're just two phases of the, the same conversation in my mind. It's almost like, well, sales is, is I, I, I look at it as sales is closing the deal. So somebody has been identified, they've entered your funnel, right. so to speak, and, and right. you finally get to the point where, you know, they've self-selected, you want to work with them, they're ideal for whatever reason, and you're, you're closing the deal and almost working up to the top of the funnel, which is where the business development, I guess, piece right. comes from. It, it's getting people in the top of the funnel, right? Whether they be referrals or relationships and, and I think, you know, I look at it at, at the, the marketing piece. If we have existing clients and customers and we're well known in our geographic area and with it, within our sort of marketplace, so to speak, the, the yeah. referrals and the business development, you know, that is a big piece. But if we're looking to sort of grow outside of certain market yes. segments or different geographies, that's where we have to learn, lean more on our marketing yeah. because we don't have those existing relationships and all those one-on-one -on -one conversations we've got to get to a point of having them yeah and i so this ties back and and since you brought up the funnel let me t let me expand on that you know with the funnel we have like typically there's different types of funnels but the general gist is you have awareness interest decision and action those are the four key phases some of some people refer to it as you know top of the funnel middle funnel bottom of the funnel but let's just go on that acronym aida right Awareness, that is where branding can play a key role. Um, that is where uh, marketing can create a key role, like your website, the different touch points you have online. That's where that can play a really key role. Now, when you get into the interest part, that's where they're really like, like, okay, I'm interested in maybe hiring an architect. Now, what am I looking for, right? So that may be where you start with content marketing, which is really designed to help them understand uh, what they should be looking for in, a, in an architect or helping to answer questions that they might have about that initial phase of dis, dis, just deciding if they actually want to move forward or, or do they actually really need an architect. Then you have the decision stages where you really want to differentiate yourself and so that's going to focus more on content that is maybe uh so there's three types of content that we really try to focus on in content marketing and the number one is the what we call the faq answers so that's more the the interest part where it's like do i really need an architect um like these are the general questions that people ask before they might hire an architect the second is uh, the what we call the insider insights. This is the stuff that you tell your clients because they need to know it, right? What are the what are some of the things that can that that they need to know about your industry to really understand how to how to work with you, but also how to avoid getting scammed or or, or having a different you know a, a bad situation. Then you get into uh, the 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 action part, the decision and the action part. That's where you're trying to convince them we are very different. We have the expertise. We have the experience and the know-how. This is where we focus on pain points, which are the things that could go wrong 
in a particular project or the the issues or pitfalls that could arise the 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 roadblocks etc that could take their uh their their project off the rails and this is a really great place like the that those pain points are really great when they're framed in a like a testimonial or a case study right so i i agree with you i think there's this part of the discussion of getting them to a certain point in the funnel which is more about the marketing piece and the branding piece and then there's a phase of it where we're actually getting them to sign something and, and commit and that's like the that's the deeper part of it which is more the sales process right okay well great and i think we're going to get to some of that because people want to mm -hmm. get as many people as they can to the bottom of that funnel but it's Absolutely. you mentioned it starts so the umbrella over everything starts with branding so maybe we can dig a little bit into that what are what are some of the biggest hurdles you see or misunderstandings um, from leaders or firms about establishing a brand or figuring out what your brand is can you like big picture like i i want a brand and i want it to be attractive to my ideal people how do i how do i go about doing that yeah i think the first thing you have to realize is that your your brand is not something that you own right your your brand is a perception that other people have of your firm branding with the ing on the end branding is the is the act or the, the all the activities that you uh you focus on to help influence that perception right so i think where a lot of people start is just with this basic misunderstanding of what a brand is they, you know a lot of people think oh a brand that's my logo or that's my name no those are those are elements of your branding that can help influence that perception but your brand really is that perception and it's not something that you can tangibly own it's only something that you can influence so starting from that point of view what are what are the things that we need to do that are going to uh, help us align with the needs and wants and desires of our of our customers and be known as the firm that can provide that 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 is perceived to provide those types of services, right? Um, I think from one point of view, branding can be seen, like I said, it can be seen as trying to attract your clients, trying to extend your reputation beyond just the word of mouth level. Um, but it also, I think uh, the other thing that often comes up is, you know, how do I attract better talent? having a stellar brand having a stellar reputation and perception also feeds into that if you're an admired expected respected firm then that's automatically going to attract uh more talent so i think that i think you know this idea of like where you know what are some of the hurdles is just getting over the fact that you know uh i think i think where it needs to start is that we need to go deeper than just the boardroom right it can't just be about oh what do we the c levels think our brand is and 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 how are we going to influence that you have to involve other parties you have to you have to talk to your clients you have to talk to people that you lost jobs uh you know for, that 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 you were in the running for but that didn't hire you you have to talk uh, uh, to people at all levels of your firm um and you have to have absolute clarity about what those people think but then also 
what tri what try what kind of perception are you trying to create right, right. so it's almost like uh, you have to understand how are you seen and experienced internally and externally because that's the mm -hmm. that's that piece that that's your brand right i mean and and you yeah. can't really you can only you, you don't own it you as you said you, you can only influence it is that when we've spoken in the past you've mentioned um thinking of things in terms of the three p's is that the yeah. you know think kind of thinking in terms of i and i believe that you know it was like purpose promise and position and if yes. you can sort of articulate that the next yeah. that steps you towards like okay now you can define it and now you can maybe start to influence it right and i think that that the the purpose promise and position so those are the three p's that we talk about in branding and they're there is a fourth one that I, I don't talk about as much, which is called personality. But let's just focus on those three. Uh, your your purpose is why why are you doing what you do? What are you trying to achieve as a as a as a company? This can this can have internal implications, but it can have external implications. So there's the purpose. Then there's the promise. What what can your clients what can your employees, what can your partners expect from you as a, as a firm, right? So how are you, how are you fulfilling the promise that you're setting out uh, to, per, to, 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 uh, you know, to, to provide for your different audiences? And then finally, the position is what makes you different? How are you unique and, and different from the, the firm down the street, right? So I think the, these three P's are, that's, you know, when, when people ask me like, well, well, how do I get started? Where do I, you know, start with a process that helps you define these things. Now, people like me who are in the branding space, you know, we have methodologies for kind of sussing this out and, and so forth. And, and also for analyzing it, right? There's lots of questions we can ask and really getting a very clear idea of what people already think. And then, once you understand where it is you want to be and where you are now, then you can work strategically to fill in the gaps and then also exploit the opportunities that you have to move that brand influence, to uh, create that brand that you really want. So it's a, but you've piqued my interest on the fourth P, but, the but, but so you, you well, because it's like, if we've figured out like how we want to be seen and experienced, right. In the sense of the, our purpose, why we exist and, right. and the promise, you know, how we want to, I guess, deliver our services and, and that type and our position where we are in the marketplace, but the personality, and I, I want to get your thoughts on the personality because yeah. there is the whole ways that, you know, <clears throat> all things being equal, people want to work with others they like, know, and trust. And so does the personality play into that at all in it can. the sense of the brand? It can. So a lot of times, especially in, in firms that have strong leadership, they were started by a founder who's still very much engaged in the in the firm, sometimes personality can be f confused with the personality of that leader, and it's not. Um, there are 12 uh, families of archetypes that we call these brand archetypes. Um, they're different personality profiles uh, for different types of brands. Some of them include things like uh, the maverick or uh, the, the, the wizard or old sage, um, the, uh, the guy next door, uh, um, the... Um, uh, what's the other one? What's another? I, I can't think of them right now. But anyway... You get the idea. So they're, they're personalities and they're different traits. So like 
Um, the Marines, for example, would be a hero brand, right? So they are they are an example of a hero brand. Um, uh, uh, then you have like uh, like Harley Davidson. I think I think they're categorized as like an outlaw or a maverick brand. Um, and then you have something like um, you know maybe like a more the the cosmetics or you know like I guess Coco Chanel would be more of like a romantic or uh, uh, you know like a, a, a more of a romantic styled brand. So the personality really is about trying to figure out that again how you're perceived right so we usually start this as an internal discussion an assessment to find out how do our employees how do our people think about our firm and what personality do we kind of what 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 which of these archetypes do we actually fit in now sometimes that is in complete uh disconnection from where we might want to be, what might be advantage, advan, advantageous to us. Now we find that a lot of architecture firms actually end up, uh, for example, uh, end up in as either the old sage, the the kind of like the uh, what we would call the Obi Wan type of uh, um, uh, brand personality, or they end up in the what's called the creator. Uh, archetype, which is more about the, you know, the idea person, the generator of ideas and so forth. Um, Lego, uh, for example, is a creator brand. Um, uh, and um, so, so the personality becomes more relevant when we're trying to understand the tone uh, of our messaging, when we're trying to understand the the visuals that we want to use to represent our brand. And this is what I find often where a lot of brands fail, especially in professional services, is that they're presenting a personality that is very different from who they actually are. And so they'll, they'll, you, you'll go in and you'll do these uh, assessments with them and you'll find out that they're they're like a, a creator brand, but their visuals and, and how they're talking and, and stuff like that are more aligned with like a hero brand where they're where they're saying, oh, we can solve all your problems. And, you know, so you get the idea. There's a, there's there's different ways to align messaging and having a fix on the personality you are and the personality you want to be is another way we can influence how we're shifting that brand uh, in a different direction. And right. Yeah. Is that, yeah, no, I, 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 I get that. I mean, some of the things that are popping in my mind as far as personality, it's like, you know, are you an innovative firm or are, are you a low yeah. cost provider? Are you a exactly. high customer service firm? And yes. if you're, you know, well, we're saying we're innovative, but most people don't see us that way. So I, I, I can see where the personality and it ties into sort of the culture and the values and yes. that the behaviors of the firm. It, so I can see how that's a piece of um, branding in the, you can't own it. It's someone's perception of you. And, and if, but if I want to be innovative, but people see me as a low cost provider, there's a disconnect. So that gets into, I guess, the, the market research and, and, and figuring out are there disconnects? And if so, know what you want to be and then yeah. start influencing it. So I think, you know, it's, well, if I can, go ahead. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's the classic thing, right? If you know what the problem is, it's easier to solve. Right? right. So if you know there's a disconnect between the personality you want to be and the personality you are, it's much easier to figure out, oh, 
okay, these are the things that we can do to move towards that personality and, right. and improve how we're presenting ourselves. And, and are the, is that where we, we can transition right into marketing? Is marketing what you do to start influencing those perceptions? Yeah, I think one of the first things that we do, once we have that clarity around the brand, uh, one of the first starting points that we focus on is, okay, now that we understand who we are and, and who we want to be, um, how are we shaping the, we usually start with what we call the client journey. So um, this, is a, this is a concept that's founded in uh, Joseph Campbell's teachings. It's called the hero's journey. And it's, it's really about um, creating messaging that helps your target audience to understand how you're going to take them through the process that you're going to take them through. Um, so it's really about understanding what are their fears, what are their, what are their concerns, what are the questions that they have, and then creating messaging that kind of alleviates those fears answers those questions and concerns and helps them to see you as the guide. Okay. So this is a very important issue that everybody needs to understand when we're talking about the hero journey or the client journey or whatever, your client is the hero. You are not the hero of your client journey story. You are the guide. You are the Obi-Wan or the Yoda who's going to help them to get what they want. Luke wanted to defeat the empire. He wanted to, you know, uh, he wanted to beat Darth, Darth Vader or what or defeat Darth Vader and save the galaxy. And so he, he had Yoda and Obi-Wan to help him learn the skills he needed to learn to become that hero. Um, it's much the same with your client, your client, your client desires to, let's say, uh, create a more productive office space, right? They may not be the ultimate decision maker. They may be the uh, chief operations officer. And so their biggest fear is they're going to hire a firm that ends up costing more or takes longer or doesn't get the design right and, you know, blah, 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 right? So you have to understand what those fears and concerns are and be able to communicate that in a way that convinces that client that they've found the right guide and they found the right mentor. And so we call that the client journey. And so that is typically the place that we start. And that's really what that's about is if we take, if we go back to the branding part, we have to have real clarity on who it is we really want to talk to. Not everybody is an ideal client. There are actually very few ideal clients. We want the, those few ideal clients to see us as a firm that is going to be able to help them. And then when they go through the process with us, when they go through that marketing and business development process with us, we are saying the right things to them that, uh, that are going to further convince them that they have found the right firm. Does that make sense? It, it does. And as a firm, I mean, depending on the size of the firm, I mean, you might have different market segments, but different sure. market sectors where you're going to have different ideal clients for Absolutely. different reasons. And, and so it's a matter of maybe figuring out, you know, the, the establishing who your ideal client is in that market sec 
actor Absolutely. in state or region X and developing that persona and, yeah, and sort of answering those questions. There's no rules on how many ideal clients you can have. You can have as many as you can serve, right? You know, or, or want to serve. What we typically find is that um, usually they're with any given firm, they may have four or five different specialties, but then there's always one that they say, wow, if we could just replicate that client over and over again, we'd really love to do that. And so we always say, yeah, that's the one we're going to start with. <laughs> Let's keep it simple. Don't overanalyze right. it. Right. <laughs> right. And that would be the, you know, it gets into the, um, the work that you do to exist versus sure. the work that you exist to do. Exactly. That eventually we want to get to the point of uh, doing work that we exist to do, which is aligns with with a lot of different metrics. I mean, number one, I I understand because I've been there. I mean, this is yeah, it's more work than what we've had to do in the past, right? And you know, and but it. I wanted to talk to you about hesitation because I know in one of our conversations you you mentioned yeah. something that I wasn't aware of, and and num you know there is a lack of hesitation, or that there's a lack that there's a hesitation. And sometimes a lack of interest and even an aversion to marketing in AEC. Yeah. Um, could you explain what might be behind that? Yeah, and I I I hesitated from going down this rabbit hole earlier because I I, I had a feeling that this was going to come up. But uh, what you're referring to is uh, I think in one of our conversations I mentioned this uh, historical bias against advertising and marketing within the uh, within the AEC industry. So, um, you know, when the AIA was formulated back when I think that was what, 1850s or something like that, um, you were not, as a professional architect, you were not allowed to advertise or promote yourself, your, your firm. Um, and this, this rule uh, was applied to professional architects up until 1972 when the DOJ uh, sued the AIA and basically said, you are restricting trade and fair business practices by not allowing your members to uh, advertise or promote themselves. So um, if you think about it, you know, people who were maybe starting out in firms at that time are now more mature and they are probably leaders of firms today. And there's still uh, this kind of attitude that advertising or promotion of any kind is kind of sleazy. Right. And um, I will I will, you know, I'll, I'll cop to the fact that there are sleazy marketing people and sleazy salespeople out in the world, but not all of us are that way. And um, so but but this this idea that that marketing and advertising are somehow lesser than uh, I think is really the wrong uh, perception. This is marketing is not about. Uh, about trying to sell something they don't want. It's not about performing wallet surgery, right? We're not trying to extract something from somebody. What we're trying to do, if we have the right intentions, if we are a, uh, a, a you know, an ethical firm that is, 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 you know, trying to attract the right clients, what, what sales is, what marketing is all about is it's about solving problems. It's about taking their pain away, giving them the resources, showing them a path to the resources and the, um, uh, you know, the processes, the methodologies that we have that we're going to help them get what they want. 
So it's not it, it's it's not self promotion personally. It, it it's no. promotion of the, our ability to solve these problems for these people in this type of way that's unique to us, and we're promoting solutions in in our firm through that. So I mean, but it is like a stigma, and yeah. maybe some ethical concerns but if you're not if you're if you're not saying anything that isn't true and you're really just promoting the solutions and, and your ability and your history of solving them it, it is a way to differentiate you but it 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 is it is a a, a little bit of a stigma that's out there that i i wanted to be able to talk about because it's like yeah. it, maybe there's a reason it exists other than you know professional services do we really need to advertise and market and right. in your market seg sector you might not have to because you have that reputation but if Precisely. you're going to go somewhere else that's where you do you have 10 years to build those relationships or do you want to be able to do those in 10 months and that's well, where the right marketing and branding can really accelerate your ability to provide solutions over there and that's so that's where i see a lot of firms are challenged and and let me just address one thing too you know what you were what you were saying um there's a difference between saying hey i'm an expert and saying hey we have this expertise experience and know-how right and 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 so if you're just out there saying i'm an expert and you're not really providing value or answering questions or showing people demonstrating for people how you do solve the the problems that are similar to the ones that they want to solve then yeah, that is kind of like, you know, anybody can sit there and say, well, I know how to do that. Um, it doesn't mean that they do. And, and so there has to be some, you know, you have to follow some rules and, and so forth. You can't just say anything. And, and I always favor the idea of showing the examples that demonstrate your expertise, your experience and know-how, right? And, and instead of just talking about oh, we just won a project or we just, you know, uh, won an award. It's great that you did those things, but is that really relevant to your ideal future client? I mean, what they really want to know is, can you solve my problem? Can you help me with what I, what I need to get done? Um, it might help that you won an award for something similar, but at the end of the day, that's not going to differentiate you. Right. And that might build, you know, having awards is verification maybe that's the the, the pr it's aspect that, can, that it's a box that you check and it can help build your i mean i guess it can build your brand in a sense of it's proving that you are who you say you are sure. in a way so it, so that is is kind of a brand building type of verification that you want awards but I, I i guess i love what you just said was don't say you're an expert but demonstrate your expertise yes it, it as it relates to pure marketing and problem solving and and you know hit kind of hitting people's pain points or clients pain points that being said does that tie back into the content marketing piece like is that like, do do we define or demonstrate our expertise through content marketing? I think, you know, um, so, so there's like, I, I think there's a lot of confusion too over like there's content marketing what's content marketing, what is thought leadership and, and things like this. Um, content marketing. And I might be just, contributing to that problem right you, now with my you, question. Maybe, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But, um, but I think that, um, you know, these two things are very similar, but they may have different intentions or, or different results, right? I think with content marketing, what we're really trying to do is we're trying to prove. So we're in a world now 
where people are not going to just find us by walking down the street and going, oh, there's an architecture sign. We are in a world where we, there are a lot of options available to us. The other industries are now competing for some of the work that we want as well. Like, you know, contractors have design build and, you know, I don't know, laws are changing about, you know, who needs to be licensed and things like this. I mean, and I don't understand all of that, but I hear about it and it, you know, it, 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 to me, what it says is that it's becoming more competitive. It's becoming more important that you are able to control your own message and to tell people or communicate to people on your own basis uh, what you do and how, what you do best, who you do it for, um, how you get results. And the best way you can do that, I think, is through content marketing. Now, content marketing is this big term that can apply to a lot of things. Content marketing can be uh, that you've prepared a presentation that you're going to go give to a specific audience, or it could be uh, the social media posts that you share. Uh, it can be the uh, a, a podcast like you're doing, Pete. Um, it's it, There's a lot of different types of content uh, marketing uh, channels that we can employ. I think when it comes to content marketing, one of the most important things we want to make sure that we're doing is that we're doing it strategically, that we're not just doing content for the sake of content. And that's where I see a lot of firms have made a mistake, right? They, they're like, well, we need a social media uh, uh, strategy, but they don't, then they don't go and develop a social media strategy. What they develop is uh, they, they say, well, we've got LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. We just need to make sure that we have stuff on all those channels. And then they do the the things like I mentioned, they they just share the awards, the new hires, uh, the the project wins, or you know the site photos and things like that. They don't use those platforms to actually communicate their expertise, their experience, and their know-how. Now, thought leadership is a little bit, I think, a little bit different in that what we're trying to do is we're trying to shape opinions and present an argument that is in favor of a certain direction, right? Um, where we're trying to be forward thinking and like, uh, I think it was, is it Gensler that was doing the, you know, how workspace is changing or something like this. They've spent a lot of effort and time to kind of unearth these, this content about how workplace will change over the next, you know, few years as a result of COVID. They're being very timely with their, you know, it's thought leadership, but it's also content marketing. If you think about it, because it's right, it's a it's a sub it's a very specific, maybe entrepreneurial yeah. or or innovative subset of content marketing. Yeah, and it, it, they're trying to they're trying to provide leadership in a discussion that they think other people should be having. So it's right. right. So in right. that sense, there, there's the I guess the reward is people see your point of view and gravitate towards it, and now you're the the category queen or the, the category yes. king in that sense. Um, and then you're in a way with that point of view, you're almost forcing choice, not comparison, right? Who doesn't exactly. have this point of view? It's, you know, you're choosing me and you're, you, I guess you're, you're, and, you're and, that much better positioned for the work and attracting people to you. If you can articulate that point of view through thought leadership. You're also, what you're also doing is you're, um, in, in, in some cases, uh, thought leadership can be used to, uh, to also kind of force your competitors to follow your lead. 
and that's something that can be interesting you know if you're in a tightly competitive situation and um you're trying to move in a, a certain direction move a conversation in a certain direction if you're seen as the leader of that conversation then everybody else is kind of seen at a as as, as following on that um that can be in a, an extremely advantageous uh, position to hold as a as a thought leader and in in your content marketing strategy right right so so I, that being said so if that you know being a thought leader is part of my brand and and but i'm kind of delivering that through my content marketing you had mentioned a lot of firms don't have a strategy for thought leadership and this is probably much bigger for, than for content marketing a strategy yeah. for content marketing yeah. um is there knowing that it could probably take hours to go through some is there any like rules of thumb you have if, if we want to instead of just throwing content out there if we want to start thinking about what it's going to take to have a strategy for our content marketing what advice would you have for people so always start with your clients your ideal client right who are you who who do you want to who who do you want to who who would you want to see this message and then take action right so so when we t and, and if i could just stay take a step back like when we talk about marketing in general what we're talking about isn't just random things uh i think it was uh michael hyatt uh, who who says you know you can't manage what you do not measure, right? So, so when we talk about marketing, this is another factor that I think gets lost in marketing. You have to measure results. You have to know how to track whatever you want to call it KPIs or indicators that help you understand if you're moving in the right direction. Now, there's different ways to do that, and I'm not going to go down. You know, there, there's a lot of different ways to do that, but there's three main. I think there's three main um, uh, things that you want to achieve with your, your marketing. You're, you're either trying to attract people who are maybe new or, or maybe trying to bring back uh, to your firm, or you're trying to nurture people that are already within your sphere who are maybe on your list and, and already kind of paying attention to you. So you're trying to nurture them towards a conversion and a conversion is where they take that action, where they, where they're actually saying, "Hey, I need your help, and I I wanna I wanna talk to you about uh, a problem that I'm having." So, um, so I think when it comes to strategy, you have to look at where do you need, where in that constellation are you trying to bring more people to your firm? Are you trying to nurture the people that are already within your sphere, or are you trying to convert more of them? And if you can focus on I think these three issues and try to figure out which one is going to be most helpful to your firm and the goals that you you have set for your firm obviously you're doing strategic planning so you know what those goals are and so you want to align those goals you want to align those act actions with those goals so that you're 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 uh you're getting to where you need to be is that and, and sometimes it might be a balance of those things right and I and I look at it that there's an overall strategic plan, and then we yeah. we have you know some annual business plans associated with that. But integral to both is our marketing and branding strategy to help realize yeah. those goals. And so it's Absolutely. it's it's on a, a sort of a, a day to day level, but it's also on a long term strategic level. You mentioned different platforms and different yeah. ways to get um, your marketing content out there. What do you? 
what do you see today as being some of the most effective channels for professional services and AEC professional services in general? So um, there's a lot of different social media platforms out there. There's new ones coming along, you know, TikTok's now very popular with, you know, with certain audiences. Uh, Instagram has been very popular with architects too, because it's very visual and they can showcase, you know, what they do. Uh, Twitter is typically, uh, I think if you're, if you're trying to influence discussions, if you're trying to have that thought leadership within the architecture industry, uh, uh, Twitter can be a, a, an effective platform for that. Um, Facebook, I kind of, I have a love hate with Facebook, both Facebook and Instagram are becoming very competitive because you really, you have to pay to play on those platforms. So if, if you really want your business audience to see your messages on Facebook or Instagram, you really have to pay for advertising. And, and that's, that's really, um, it, it can, it, and, and, and perfecting your ads on Facebook, it can take a lot of effort and a lot of, uh, investment to do that. Uh, the platform that I like most, uh, for professional services in general, and especially for architects is, uh, LinkedIn. Uh, LinkedIn makes it possible, especially if you're in the commercial space, but it, this works for residential too. It, it I, I don't want to, I don't want to bias people off of that, but, um, uh, LinkedIn is a great platform because it allows you to connect with, uh, three types of audiences. Uh, you can connect with your prospects, your potential future clients, but you can also connect with, uh, partners. And then you can also connect with the uh, promoters or the influencers that have audiences that um, that you may want to get in front of. Uh, the The partners are great because they're already selling to the audiences that you want to sell to. And then obviously the future clients; those are the people that you've identified that you want you you want to develop relationships with. Um, I look at LinkedIn as kind of like it's it's the evolution of business networking. Um, I, I pretty much quit doing all face-to-face -face networking, uh, three years ago and have really focused on LinkedIn. I still go to some events and I still show up at, at things from time to time, but, but in terms of, uh, business networking, most of my efforts are focused on LinkedIn. When I do go to events, I'm connecting with people and saying, Hey, are you going to be at this event? Would love to, you know, further our relationship there. Um. So I'm using LinkedIn as a very integral part of our process of reaching out to new clients. We are also doing this for our architecture firm clients as well, where we're using LinkedIn to help them start conversations with potential future clients, with partners, with uh, promoters to really help them start, uh, you know, it, it kind of use that as almost like a direct marketing uh, tool and and linkedin makes it very easy to do that you have extremely good uh search capabilities through sales navigator which is kind of a, a paid uh platform that that linkedin has um you can use sales navigator to identify and save uh potential leads and then uh use the linkedin platform to send messages to people to kind of introduce yourself to start conversations and to uh, ultimately to to get them to a point where they either have downloaded something on, off your web website and they're you're able to email them, or where you're um, where you're getting them on a call 
and and actually discussing their needs and their problems and and seeing how you can help them. So, LinkedIn's so my favorite. So in terms of channels, it's almost like we don't need to necessarily overcomplicate it as it relates to no. these, you know, AEC professional services. LinkedIn seems like it's the place to be. All, all the people you want to talk to are there, and and LinkedIn also when it comes to organic reach. Um, Unlike uh, Facebook and, and Instagram and some of the other platforms, uh, paid reach is really not, you know, having to do ads, it's, it's not there yet. Um, it was recently bought, I think, a few years ago by Microsoft. So their ad platform is nowhere near as sophisticated as, as Facebook, and it's, it's probably a little overpriced. But um, it's very, th their organic reach, your ability to get people to view and engage on your content on LinkedIn is very high, and you can reach people through direct messaging on LinkedIn uh, very easily as well. So you can really cherry pick who you want to talk to. Um, you want to get you want to get in front of a CEO who you know has announced plans to uh, start a project uh, and you want to get on his radar. You want to start developing a conversation with him. Uh, you can do that through LinkedIn. I mean, that's that's what we're doing with our clients, basically. So, Right. And be able to associate yourself with associations and some of those other exactly. things in the industry the, that connects you. All the influencers, you. everything. And again... And I don't want to say like, oh, LinkedIn's just this standalone silver bullet. It's not because you still got to do, you know, that you still got to have a brand. You got to have a good message. You got you you got to align all those other things that you're doing on LinkedIn with, you know, with that outreach that you're doing to those ideal clients. Right, right. And I've seen, you know, it, it's far as the the next platform down that I, 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 I see and I hear people is maybe like an, an Instagram, but almost a way to just house our photos of what we're doing. And um, even more of is the social side yeah. and some of the images, but really not content marketing through that because of what you said with the, you've got to kind of pay to play and that type of right. thing. And, and the I, other thing about Instagram is that you really have to build a following, right? So uh, Instagram is a little bit more like advertising. It's like saying, Hey, I'm a great architect and I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying to get as many people to follow me as possible. So that is, so that maybe one out of, you know, all those thousands of people might say, Oh, well, that's cool. I want to, I want an office like that or whatever. Um, whereas LinkedIn is very different. It's, it's more about direct marketing where I can say, Oh, that's the CEO that I want to talk to. That's the, uh, the the vc guy that i want to talk to you know and and or whoever it may be and you can actually really target the, the the people or the people under them that might influence their decisions even you can get very strategic with that on, on linkedin all right i would i wanted to in our time left I, I do want to dive into um how you think covid 19 has impacted impacted marketing and branding and and how you see that moving forward but i did want to get, get talk about Content marketing. If if a firm, if a leadership team is willing to invest in, you know what? Let's let's think about our brand. Maybe enhance our brand through some marketing, well designed, strategic marketing, content marketing, maybe even some thought leadership. What do you say about consistency with busy doer sellers, busy owners, and people who generate that content? And if it we get all this energy and excitement 
but then next quarter I get busy with proposals and projects and we're not consistent. How, how do, what did some advice you have for busy owners or principals who want to do the right things and be out there, but just find themselves busy? How do you get the consistency or get the message out so that other people can help you? So uh, again, I think it goes back to the idea of, you know, you've got to know what, what that, what that message needs to be. Right. So, so, and this is why we tell, you know, even though you may be doing, you may be focused on five different specialties, only try to start with one. When you're, when you're thinking about an ideal future client that you really want to target, start with one. Don't try to do five at a time. That's going to distract you and it's going to take you off your course. The other thing is I'll, I'll go to another Michael Hyatt, uh, quote, uh, you know, um, what doesn't get planned doesn't get done. So you have to make time. This has to be something that you look at and say, I'm committed to uh, reaching certain goals. You also have to realize that with marketing, it doesn't happen overnight. One blog post, one, uh, you know, one set of social media shares is not going to get you results. Consistency over time is how marketing works. And you have to, you have to consistently have a pattern of, uh, of, of delivering content uh, in, 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 in a way that helps you to get noticed, right? Because, uh, you know, uh, my, I think it was Ogilvy um, said, uh, you know, and this was, when was this? this I don't know, it was like in the 60s, you know, he said, well, people have to see your ad or your, your content uh, seven times before they'll, you know, before it will even start to register. And I actually think that that number is much higher these days because, you know, we're inundated with images and messages and distractions all day long. So a lot of what happens and a lot of what, um, what I find in my own marketing is that a lot of it is just pure luck and timing because you are being consistent and you are doing things over a long period of time enough that people can actually see it and go, oh, wow, that guy's, what that guy is saying makes a lot of sense to me. It connects with what I'm trying to do and I need to have a conversation with them. So it's, it's doesn't come easy. Um, I, I would say for, you know, for those smaller firms or, or people who are just new to the game, just don't spread yourself too thin. Have consistency in your message. It, it, even if it's just like, I'm going to do one post every Tuesday at 10 a.m. You know, <laughs> schedule that out. Commit commit to doing that. Schedule it out. Make sure that that post happens every Tuesday at 10 a.m. And, and there's a lot of tools that you can employ to help you manage that stuff. And, uh, you know, that's that's part of what we do for our clients. It's it's there's our. You know, I know people that hire VAs that just, that's all they do. They just schedule their social media, right? So there's different ways that you can, you can, uh, you can slice this stuff up and, and, and make it more manageable, but you have to commit to it and you have to, you have to make time for it. Right. And it's, and it's a priority, not just on the executions and yeah. the consistency side, but in developing that content or extracting the stories from your yep. case studies of all your work that's done. What's that thread yep. that we want to have out there and be able to sit with people who could write the copy for you or present yep. it in such a way. And so, so th there's, there's ways to, yeah, to do me, that, but it's going to be a priority. 
let me add to the, you know, so one of the things that we've been doing, you know, video is a great medium to help you manage your time and effort too. What we do with a lot of our clients is that we will literally get on a Zoom call with them. We record the Zoom call and we just ask them questions, right? So tell me, how do you solve this? Tell me, oh, you just finished a project. What was the key challenge? How did you solve it? What was the result? We'll ask them questions. We just interview them on a regular basis. We take that interview, we transcribe it into text. Uh, we'll cut it up into small audio clips and put some pictures with it, or we'll take it and I'll give it to a copywriter and she'll write an article on it. Or we'll do, we'll do the same with that copywriter, have her write an email that goes out to our, our list, you know, the, the client's list. Um, and then we give that over to, you know, social media team and they'll chop that up into little tidbits and, and, and create a set of social media shares based on that content. It's all coming from the client. It's all kind of then filtered around the brand personality and the promise and the position and the purpose and all that. And then, uh, and then also through the, the client, you know, the client journey that we want to create, but, but that's a much more fluid way to, to create that content. And those, those calls, I mean, they can take 15 minutes to an hour or whatever, but it's a really great way to develop, um, uh, raw content that you can then repurpose. And that, that is a huge time saver for our clients. And it's the practitioner just having conversations that are well-informed and prompted and if yeah. you're small, it's outside parties can help. If you're large oh, yeah. enough where you have a marketing and a team, it's imagine, it's spending the time with your own folks yeah. to give them the content that they can then do their jobs with. Yeah, Beth, Beth Comstock at General Electric, I've mentioned her before in our discussions. So Beth Comstock was the uh, director of marketing for GE. And um, uh, she was a real genius at, at, at doing this where she would go out she would talk to, you know, division heads and managers and she would find out like, okay, who's doing something unique or, or what, what are the key stories that are you're coming up? Where's the innovation in our firm? And she had this great way of just getting, you know, extracting those stories from engineers. Um, and, and, and we did, we applied this too when we, when we worked uh, in Switzerland, when we started our first firm, uh, we had to do a lot of uh, video production for our, our clients and, and and they would always come to us and they'd be like, oh, I don't know, I don't know what we're going to talk about. And I would say, I would say, all right, tell me who are the, who are the three engineers in your firm that are doing something innovative and different. And then I would go and I would have my wife interview them, just ask the right questions. All you got to do is get them to talk about it. Once you start them talking, they won't stop. And and so we would just have these recorded conversations. And then I would know when I went to go film the video, I would go and I would be like, okay, so tell me about this, <laughs> you know, and I know exactly how to prompt them at exactly what to ask them to get them to talk about their story. And that's, that's all it really, it, it's, it doesn't have to be as complicated as people might think. And it's not you, you don't have to sit there and stare at a blank sheet of paper thinking, oh God, I got to write an article for this month's blog. Um, that's not what it needs to be. It can just be you with somebody who understands your firm and understands uh, some of the, the, the things that you do and, and that align with your brand personality, your client journey, and they ask you the right questions, get you talking, and there you go. You got your content. And at that point, it's authentic and has that right level of passion yeah. that can be extracted and, and yeah. shared. So, mouth, baby. That's what we want. 
Right. So, all right. That being said, as we close, I wanted to, you know, talk about COVID-19 and we can't, even if our strategy was going to all these events and meeting people and, and having the clients come into our office and different things, and, and maybe they're all postponed for a year and we'll go back to doing that. But how has things, how do you think things have changed moving forward and what role do you think marketing and branding has um, in helping firms be successful moving forward? Well, I think the firms that that um, are playing catch up right now are really at a big disadvantage, right? You know, the firms that that are uh, that have you know been thinking about their brand, who have who have done some work in that area, and who have you know at least some sort of marketing uh, strategy or process uh, that they're applying within their within their communications and so forth. Are at a huge a huge advantage over the firms that haven't. Um, I think that in in some ways, COVID has been a huge wake up call for a lot of firms. I've never been busier uh, in, than I have in the last uh, few months. I've been getting a lot of calls from a lot of firm owners who are like, you know, uh, we haven't updated our website in ten years, and we really need to do something. And or or you know. Uh, we're just, you know, we're, the phones are dead. We're not getting the calls. Now there's a lot of firms that have the op exact opposite problem, right? They're like just too busy. Like they just don't know what the, you know, where wh wh they can't keep up with the work and that's great. But there's a lot of firms that I, I think um, are really regretting the fact that they didn't invest in their, their brand and their strategy. And, you know, I, I would say that, you know, you you have to look at how COVID is going to affect us going forward. It's not just about what's happened in the last few months. It's it's about how are we getting out of this? What is happening, you know, in two in twenty twenty one? What do we need to be thinking about then? And you know, granted, if you, if you get through this and and everything's still you know we've managed to, to get through this, maybe we're up, maybe we're even, maybe we're slightly down this is really going forward. I, I think thinking about how we're talking to our clients, how we're communicating our expertise. I think that's the biggest way, the easiest way that we can differentiate our firms from, from the next guy. And it's the, it's the, what I see in, in our research, it's the biggest area of opportunity that, that firms have to, uh, to grow or scale or even to just, recover so that's that's the way i see it i don't know i don't know if that answered your question well it it does uh, it does and then the other you know concern i've heard from from firm leaders too is that with um with the, you know having to work remote um having to lean more on some technology is all of a sudden competition that used to be just local is no longer just local yeah, and so there, there's a lot more you know you had mentioned this that there's just a lot more competition out there and and i can't necessarily rely just on my local relationships. There's other people who may come in as position themselves as more of a specialist specialty in very yeah. specific points of pain or desires of clients where I like you, but someone else can solve my problem better. So I'm choosing them. And there's that concern with, am I going to make sure that I can articulate my value to the marketplace and my value to clients? Because I don't want to miss out on the the, I guess I don't want to rest on my local relationships holding the day for me. 
that's that's something that um i've i've talked to a lot of firm owners about i think the other issue too is that like and, and that's an important issue um i think uh thinking beyond your local market is definitely uh something that a lot of a lot of firm owners are trying to do um i i've i've got several clients that are like Hey, I don't need to just focus on, you know, my area. I can I can do work wherever. And where are the opportunities for that? So, uh, I see a lot of that kind of movement. And I think I think the more you're already positioned as having expertise or experience or know how in a specific area of business, uh, the better. Now that being said, I, there's also a lot of firm owners that I've talked to that. You know, like, oh, well, restaurants were our number one client or uh, uh, hotels, hospitality is what we relied on or, or um, you know, other industries that have been, you know, more affected by COVID than others. And um, that's where the branding and marketing, I think, can, can have a huge impact because if you do need to, if you did, do need to make that shift and you're thinking, well, you know, uh, we need to focus on a different a, a different vertical and we need to work in that direction you can still use branding and marketing to help you move in that direction now are you you may not have the project portfolio images and and all of that but you can still talk about those issues that are relevant to those clients and you can you can relate your experience in other industries to that and and the problem solving that you can bring to bear to help those those clients in a new industry and and bridge that gap. So there's a lot of different ways I think that that marketing and branding uh, can can play a role, uh, given the different challenges that COVID's kind of brought in brought to bear. Right, right. Well, perfectly said. I mean, there's the I'm the expert or I offer a fresh perspective. I mean, there's different ways to, you know, sort of a, a address the market in that sense. As as we close, is there anything else that you'd like to share or add that might encourage leaders to take the next step as it relates to advancing their marketing and branding? So there's, uh, there's a couple of things that I think are really important. Number one, uh, keep your clients at the front of what you're doing. So so when you're thinking about, you know, I don't know, reimagining your brand or uh, even just <clears throat> assessing whether your brand is, is, you know, communicating the right things or, or whether your marketing is, is, you know, the messaging is correct. Always keep the, the, you know, remember the client is the hero. Your role is to guide them through the process. And so it's very important to keep them at the front of what you're doing and making sure that you're you're moving in a direction that helps you to serve them better. Uh, this is really important. I think it's something that uh, all firms need to do better, right? Uh, the second thing is don't look solely within your industry to find answers. Um, look at other examples. There, 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 there are other people. Marty Neumeyer is a great... Uh, He's got some great books on branding. Uh, Simon Sinek talks about, you know, finding your why. That's all about understanding your purpose. There's a lot of great authors out there um, that aren't at all related to architecture that have great advice that you can apply uh, to, to what you're trying to achieve and what you're trying to do. 
And and finally, always remember you gotta you gotta measure what you're doing because that's the only way you're gonna know if you're getting the results that you're you you want. So, anytime you're working with a marketing team or a marketing you know company or whatever, at the end of the day, they have to be able to show you how you're getting results. They have to be able to measure those things and show you where your dollars are going and how those results are uh, helping you to get towards your your goals. So those are, those are my three big things that I, I like to talk about. <laughs> well, excellent. I mean, I, I love that looking at different industries because we're, I mean, industry insiders will say we're a people business, we're technical oh, solutions, yeah. but it's people business and we're about connecting to people. And I've always, and I, you know, I've, I've heard someone else say this and I just, it resonated the first time I heard it is we're not really B to B we're H to H it's always yeah. human to human. And so if we can just be able to connect with people better on a human level, we're all going to be better off for that. And then we just, now when we have that connection, I can share with you my technical solutions, et cetera. So, yeah. um, well, thank you. How how can listeners get in touch to learn more about you in ArcMark? Yeah, so uh, ArcMark, uh, our our website address is www.arcmark. That's a r c h m a r k. dot c o. So it's not dot com. A lot of people make that mistake. Is dot co. Uh, so uh, you can obviously go there. Uh, take a look at you know our blog articles. Have a lot of good information and. Uh, um, uh, advice. Uh, you can also, uh, there's, a, there's a way to book a call with, with us. So you can book a 20 minute consultation. We'll talk to you about your current situation and try to, uh, tell you, uh, you know, to kind of give you some insights and in how we would, uh, might be able to help you. Um, so that's, that's one way you can reach us. Uh, also, if you want to connect with me on LinkedIn, uh, you can either go to LinkedIn and just search for Brilliant Brian. So uh, it's Brian with Yo. Uh, my mom wanted me to be different. So it's just like Brian, but spelled with uh, B-R-Y-O-N, Brian with a Yo. And uh, you can search for Brilliant Brian on LinkedIn, or you can go to brilliantbrian.com. And that'll take you directly to my LinkedIn uh, profile. And just send me a connection request and say, hey, I heard you on uh, AEC leadership today. And, uh, I liked what you had to say. So I wanted to connect with you and I will gladly accept your connection. So, uh, I always like to uh, hear from listeners. Uh, when I do these, uh, podcast interviews, I'd love to hear from listeners, uh, to know what you thought of what I had to say. Even if you disagree with me, I would love to hear that. I'd love to have a conversation with you either way. And, um, uh, uh, yeah. So those are the two main ways you can you can get a hold of me. <laughs> well, excellent. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast and sharing today. Thank you, Peter. Um, I really enjoyed this. I, uh, I'm glad we had a, a chance to do this. I hope I hope you'll invite me back someday. Well, excellent. Well, um, I uh, hope you have a great rest of your day and take care. Thank you. I, I'm Same to you. Well, that's a wrap. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe to and rate this podcast on iTunes or whatever platform you listen to the show from. There are links on my website and in the show notes to do so. And please also share this podcast with your friends and colleagues. It really helps to continue to get us established, and I truly appreciate that. And it also helps to get the word out to others so that together we can collectively grow and positively impact the lives of others both inside and beyond our organizations. 
for joining us on today's episode of AEC Leadership Today. If you want to stay relevant and effective and take your growth and prosperity to new levels, it's time to take action. To learn more about how Pete can help take you and your firm to the next level, visit www.actionsprove.com. That's www.actionsprove.com. See you next time on the AEC Leadership Today podcast.